0: With me, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Oh no!
1: Wait, what happened?
0: Oh, no. Hey everybody!
1: Hey there, fellow space cadets!
0: You're listening to Chris and Marco.
1: And welcome to the Contrast Podcast, where we rehash some of our favorite destinations
0: and spill the tea on some of our shenanigans. Join us as we attempt to pitch a tent on the moon. So buckle up, bitches, is gonna be one bumpy ride.
1: I still remember when I saw the Yosemite one, I was blown away by, by the beauty of Yosemite.
0: Have you seen it before? Oh I've seen the background and I have actually visited Yosemite as well. Oh wow. I was in the US was the first time I ever visited the US. And I was on my way to San Francisco and the direction I was traveling in was going to take me past Yosemite and I was like absolutely Need to go to Yosemite, but I've got a very weird reason why I wanted to go to Yosemite, and you're going to laugh at me for this one.
1: Please do, please do enlighten me, Marco, because most people go for I think a pretty conventional reason. So
0: if you have some, mine is going to blow you out of the water. Well, now I've got expectations, mate. Well, I don't even know if you know this, but the reason why I went to Yosemite was I wanted to go and see the forest where Yogi Be is from. Because the cartoon Yogi Bear is set in Yosemite, <laughs> <laughs> so that is why I wanted to go. Okay. No other reason. I did not. I did not <laughs> see the movie while I was in Yosemite, but I wanted to make that pilgrimage, and I wanted to be in the space where Yogi Bear was, or what it was based on, or something like that. I don't know what I had in my mind that I was gonna maybe pack a little picnic or something like that. But nevertheless, I made my pilgrimage to Yosemite. And needless to say, it blew any expectation I had right out of the water. It's absolutely beautiful. It was, I think, one of the few places that I've been to that actually has taken my breath away. I had expectations, but my expectations fell completely short of the actual reality. It was not even in the same neighborhood. Really? At all. I just, I'm just chuckling
1: inside because
0: you, you've called it a pilgrimage. <laughs> Yogi B was a huge part of my childhood. It's a huge thing for me. But can you,
1: can you admit this to me? Did the child inside of you feel slightly.
0: Slighted or disappointed that you didn't even see a bear when you went to Yosemite? You know what? Absolutely not. Because when I got to San Francisco, I saw enough bears. So I was okay. But when I actually got to Yosemite, it was so beautiful. No matter what I had in my mind, that moment itself, it was so big. It was amazing. And I was just like, okay, this is kind of cute. But I didn't spend that much time in Yosemite and I would love to go back. And I would actually like to go on like a proper hike. Because when I was there, I did go on a hike. And I hiked up to these waterfalls called the Vernal Falls and they're really popular as well. And it's one of the shorter hikes, but it was really nice. One of the shorter hikes being, what was the duration of the hike? Um, I would say, well, I must add... The shortest relative. When I when i did that hike i was really fit i was fitness fish through and through so i was bouncing up and down the walls back in those days i couldn't do that now but i literally it was a hike but i basically jogged the entire length of it so i think i did the vernal falls hikes i did it in mm, maybe 45 minutes is that good that was really good, considering that I ran it, basically. Wow. And it's a lot of steps and all of those things. So it was well, I think it was good. Because knowing you now, you, you're not a fan of, of, of running, necessarily. No, I am a fan of running. It's just I'm a little bit out of the game at the moment. So I'm a little bit more focused on other things at the moment. But I'm going to get back there. I'm going to take you on. Soon, you're going to see my pace. Oh, yeah? Hold on for me. But anyway... So I was in Yosemite, spent some time there, did not see Yogi Bear, but that's okay. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, shattered. But then from there, I journeyed on to San Francisco, and this was going to be my first time in San Francisco. I have wanted to visit San Francisco for a really long time. And you see pictures of it, and you see the Golden Gate Bridge, and all of those things. I think being there... And Just soaking it up, whatever you see does not do it justice. There's such a vibe there, and it just there's like a unique tribe about San Francisco that is just so very SF. The spirit is very different from LA, completely different from New York. It's just something s- so special about that place. How would you
1: describe that?
0: Because I've heard the climate in san francisco
1: is very similar to the climates in cape town south africa but i've also heard that the vibe in san francisco is quite similar or is that not true
0: yeah it is very go with a flow type of vibe the weather is very similar to what we have the only big difference between us and them is they've got the fog the fog is such a bother in that city they've actually got a dedicated twitter account just for the fog so that people know what the fog is doing today what's the fog like, it's like a blanket of fog that moves in from the ocean, and it covers the city. Huh. And it just chills there, and then it leaves again. But it happens quite often that they've got this coverage in the city. But it's, it's really nice. And then apart from climate, how, how would you say that the, the kind of feel and, and spirit of San Francisco could be described? I think I'm absolutely the correct one to answer that question, <laughs> because... I'm going to start this answer from a stats point of view. For every 10 people, well, this was the last time I checked the stats, could be updated. For every 10 people that there is in San Francisco, six out of those 10 identify as part of the LGBTQ community. Now, you know me. You know me well. My flag flies very high. I don't care Mm. where I am. I will dress as I am. Obviously, I'm not going to be silly and dress provocatively when I'm in a conservative country. I will never do that. But bar any rules and laws and things like that, I generally dress whichever way I want to dress. And if I go out clubbing, I usually go clubbing in heels and I dress up and all of those things. So when I got to San Francisco, it felt like home to me. Really? It was this is your space. You let your flag fly as high as you want as bright as you want and i was just like i'm not wearing flat shoes here at all because this is where i can go nobody's going to look at me not that i care if people look at me it was just be who you are if you're a cool nice person we don't care we celebrate you
1: hello friendly people this episode is brought to you by blokes hair and let me tell you why They say that home is where the heart lies. Maybe that's true, but it certainly isn't specific. When I meet fellow South Africans on the road and I ask them what they miss most about home, they always give interesting but usually vague answers. For me, having traveled so extensively, what makes home feel like home has become very specific. Friends and family, buck oven beach, amazing gelato, a tasty butter chicken curry, and the best haircut in the world from blokes hair. Seriously, I have had my hair cut in many countries, at the hands of very talented barbers, yet the fresh cut from blokes still tops my list. Which is why I always make it my first mission after touchdown to visit Brian, the queen of cuts, and his dynamic team at blokes hair to give me a style check. Otherwise, I just feel naked in the city. Why do I love blokes so much? Well. Apart from the obvious, an exceptional cut. The music will get your foot tapping, the included espresso is on point, and the banter is always strong. If you're not a coffee lover, then you can even sip on a tasty bourbon or an ice-cold beer if you want to feel sophisticated. The choice is yours. So if you find yourself in Cape Town and you're looking for a world-class trim, head on over to Blokes hair at 57 on Main in Greenpoint. Give them a follow on Instagram at blokeshair or drop them a whatsapp on plus two seven seven one four zero two four six six four that's plus two seven seven one four zero two four six six four to book an appointment otherwise you can be old school and hop onto their website www.blokeshair.com that's www.blokeshair.com to make your appointment so would you say that you felt almost
0: immediately empowered as you, as you drew closer to, to San Francisco? Well, it is the gay capital of the world. Of course, you're going to be empowered. Of course, I'm going to be empowered by that. It's like me going towards the mothership <laughs> and, and I'm just, you know, I'm getting into my gig. So when I was there, it was amazing to be in that space and feel... You know, the people were very welcoming in that city. And it's a city which, for the LGBTQ community, it was part of the city, well, it was part of the momentum for the gay civil rights movement. The city was very vocal, you know, back in 79, when, you know, the Stonewall riots were going on in New York. And then one year later, in 1970, when the first Pride March happened to commemorate the Stonewall riots, It was New York, San Francisco, and L.A. They had marches together to commemorate, you know, the first gay pride, basically. So it was one of the spots where it was very pivotal. They lent their voice to the cause and very supportive. And throughout the entire movement, that city has always had outspoken people. We have people like... The late great Harvey Mulk was the first gay elected official in 77. And then his assassination as well, kind of, you know, that's something that we also remember till this day and how sad that, that was. From what I understand,
1: he was assassinated by effectively a fellow official, another city supervisor, a guy called D. White. Yeah, that's correct. This guy was only sentenced to, to jail for seven years for charges of manslaughter,
0: which was reduced to five. But you must remember this was back in 77. So yeah. it, was, it was a different time, you know, where that type of hate crimes were not, the force of the law, you know, was not on our side of the movement. Yeah. But that city continued giving us a lot of firsts. I mean, back in 07, the first, trans person um, was, uh, was sworn in as the first um, police chief or something like that. I'm not really sure what she was, but I know it was something to do with the police. Something was the first trans person to be elected to like... She was elected president of the San Francisco Police Commission. I think she was the principal of police or something like that. I felt very at home and I felt very empowered by you know, being in that space, you know, where the gay civil rights movement as well. And I as well, I also self-identify as a flower child. And that's where the Summer of Love took place back in 1967. So I obviously had to go to the um, mm. the Head ashbury um, intersection and spend time there as well. It was really awesome. I just kind of kind of felt like I stepped back into, like, you know, this little hippie world. Like, all the stores are, like... Very hippie boho. It was really really cool.
1: Did you put some flowers in your hair as you were walking around Hyde uh, Ashbury? I
0: actually did not. Oh. I actually did not. It was a really busy day. I actually did not, and I couldn't find any flowers because you know it's a throughfare. It's a major. Yeah. There were spots where I was, and I get flowers. But for anyone that kind of identifies with that whole movement as well, Hyde Ashbury is really important, and so that's something of a, a must see as well. Yeah, because from what I understand, and
1: you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but from what I understand the, regarding the history, it was like early June 1967 yeah, when the Summer of Love
0: began, and I think it was like over 100,000 people that converged yeah. in Haight-Ashbury from around the world. Just imagine being part of that. It would have been, and everybody just like, free thinkers and everyone just on the same wavelength, so... I would have loved to be part of that. So that was also why I wanted to see San Francisco as well, was for, you know, the whole flower movement and, and those things. So it was really cool to see that and be part of it. But for me, San Francisco was always going to be my pilgrimage to go. I always see, I identified as the gay capital in the world because mm. we are just so accepted there. And there are other cities around the world that are gay-friendly cities New York as well, very gay-friendly city as well. And arguably, you could, you, could, you could kind of say it could also be the gay capital as well, but I don't think so. London is also very gay-friendly. Berlin is also very gay-friendly. F- Amsterdam is very gay-friendly. Cape Town is very gay-friendly as well. And Tel Aviv as well, also very gay-friendly. But San Francisco, out of all of those ones, for me, I felt it in the air because I've been to all of the cities except Tel Aviv. And I've been to Israel, but I've not actually been to Tel Aviv. But even in the bits of Israel that I've been to, I could already pick up, oh, I'm kind of welcome here. But San Francisco, the minute I put my feet down there, I was like, ah, I'm home. I am home. This is my spot. This is my joint. And, you know, obviously, when you're there, you do all the touristy things. You know, you walk up those hills and, you know, I wouldn't want to be able to drive a car there because that's a skill. And you have to go see the Seven Sisters. It's these like little houses next to each other, and it's like also got like heritage status as well. And I don't know if you saw Seven Sisters. I've never heard of that before. It's like these seven uh, seven houses next to each other, also quite quite popular as well. But you just take a picture and then you move on again. It's nothing major. but have you ever seen the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Of course I have of course I have Robin Williams is is an absolute legend. I got to see the Mrs. Doubtfire house. I got to be there. It's a privately owned building now, obviously. People live in the house. But I was outside and the movie was shot in the house. And it was such... That's incredible. It was so cool to see it, though, because I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. And this was just fresh after, you know, his passing. So it was was quite nice. Oh, that must have felt quite surreal. It
1: was. The generation that we're from, we we grew up on his movies, like... Mrs.
0: Doubtfire and Hook and a lot of these films? So, you know, you have to see all those things. You have to see the Mrs. Doubtfire house and Golden Gate Park. Golden Gate Bridge as well. You have to see Golden Gate Bridge as well. It's really impressive. A lot of people think... Is it actually golden in color? Actually not. It's not even red. It looks red. It's actually orange. And I think the name of the the paint is Orange Standard, I think. But because of the oxidization in the air, it kind of turns it like a reddish. But then once you are on Golden Gate Bridge, you can see Alcatraz. And I've always wanted to see Alcatraz as well because Al Capone, come on now, that was home to Al Capone. He was one of the famous outlaws in the US. You have to see Alcatraz as well. So that was also really cool. Um, I did like a nice cute little sunset cruise through the bay and Alcatraz was there. Oh, wow. But while I was in Yosemite, I made a friend. As I do, I collect little, I collect gems as I go along. Yes, you do. And this lady, she, she gave me a really, really cool tip. Because in the US, alcohol is rather expensive. It's, it, it for South African, I think it's a little bit expensive. And I did not go to San Francisco for sights and sounds. It, the sights and sounds were nice. But I wanted to be there with my people. I wanted to party with my people. I wanted to do the thing. Yeah. So I befriended this person on like a bus ride in Yosemite or something like that. And she's from San Francisco. And we started talking about wine. And she goes on to tell me, oh, you know, where, you should, where you'll get good, like, bargain wines is a store called Trader Joe's. I don't know what this lady's name is, but if she ever hears this, I just want to say thank you. Because that was such an amazing tip. Trader Joe's, they're like a upmarket grocer, but their wine selection, it's quite big, but the prices are really, really good. And if you ever do go to the U.S. and hear people talk about two-buck chuck, it's basically this wine that you could buy at Trader Joe's that was $2 for a bottle of wine. It's not $2 anymore, but still, if you're drinking cheap alcohol, people call it two-buck chuck. So anyway, so she was like, you need to go to Trader Joe's and get yourself wine at Trader Joe's. Needless to say, I was in and out of Trader Joe's every single damn day. Whenever I'm in the U.S., I always make a stop at Trader Joe's to stock myself up on wines for my duration of my stay there. So it's a chain store around, around the country? Yeah, it's like a chain. So it's kind of like the vibe would be very similar to like Woolies, but also not. It's if like if you t- took like a farm sole and Woolies and you kind of put them together, that would be kind of Trader Joe's. Okay, interesting. But if you go make a stop, it's good. Good value prices.
1: And so when you were in San Francisco, you went to Trader Joe's Trader every single every day? Every day. Wow.
0: Every day. So I, I was in San Francisco with one of my dear friends. He, his name is Bowden. I call him Bo. And he is absolutely crazy. I love that guy. He is just a party. He's a party on two legs. And he's the type of person, if I say something, he'd be like, okay, oh, so how far can we take this? Oh, dear. And <laughs> the two of us together there was just like two firecrackers. He is a hell of a party. Fun, fun, fun guy. And we'd go to Trader Joe's, we'd get some wine, and we'd get some um, angry orchid. I think it's the cider name. And we would go back to our hotel room, and we would get ice from the ice machine and throw it in the, um, the little basin in the bathroom, and we yeah. will chill out our angry orchids in there. <laughs> and we'll have like our wine as a game and we would pre-game. Because you don't go to... As a, a gay man, you don't go to San Francisco for the Golden Gate Bridge and Ashbury and all of those things. You're going to go there for the Castro District. If San Francisco is the motherland, then the Castro District would be the capital city. It is Ooh. absolutely amazing. Just Sprinkle my ashes over the Castro District. It's absolutely amazing. Most of the businesses are gay-owned in the Castro District, and there's a lot of gay bars and restaurants. And um, on, in the Castro District as well, um, Harvey Milk's old house is on the on the strip, and they've kind of turned it into like a humanitarian. Um, Outpost now, so you can kind of go there and donate and various causes. I think it's head office for the Harvey Milk Foundation is headquartered there.
1: Oh, wow. So he's kind of effectively been canonized in, in Yeah.
0: You, in, you could in, say that. In history, you know, in the gay you community. You could say that. Yeah. You could say that. I, I would like to think of that, you know, there's a lot of unsung heroes in the gay civil rights movement. And I like the fact that they are giving. These people, their dues. I mean, RV you know, Milk, he was a pioneer. He showed us back in 77 that even though the time is not right, there, we have a place at the table. We are part of this conversation. And then you've you got people like Marsha P. Johnson, who was part of the you know, Stonewall Rides back in 69. And it's only now that people are getting to know who this person is, who Marsha P. Johnson is. And the huge role she played in the Sonor riots and things like that. But being in the Castro district, I felt so at home. I could just be and myself and Bo, we really did not want to spend time anywhere else. It was like two boys in a candy store and we were just let loose and you could go and you can be yourself. And it was amazing. During the day, there's cute little bars, cafe stores and whatever. And then at night, there's some nice bars, like really, really nice bars. And I know those clubs so well now because I've got friends at work there. And because I've been there so much, I've actually made acquaintances. Man, me and that guy, we got through some hijinks in the Castro District. I will never forget We went out one night and I was wearing a pair of 10 inch pony heels. Pony heels. It looks like a horse's feet. It (laughs) looks like the horse's feet. That's what they call it pony heels. (laughs) That wants to be done. This was in the Castro district and myself and him, we were staying in the mission. So you've got the Castro and then the mission is kind of like next to the Castro. But I was living nearly in downtown San Francisco. So we were walking from I think it was nearly about three or two kilometer walk in that heels. Oh, my goodness. Mind you, in that heel. That's commitment. No, you never, never, ever, you never flat out. Your feet can bleed. (laughs) You only take your shoes off when you get inside. People will never, ever, I'll go to a nightclub, my feet will be hurting. It will be hurting. I'll never take my shoes off because mama did not raise no quarter. first of all. (laughs) I will not do it. So it's just, it's just my policy. And if people do that, weaklings. But anyway, (laughs) so we ended up haunting a few bars and I guess me and my friend, we kind of have a different vibe because what's nice about the Casodistic, there is something for everyone, for everyone on the scene, there is something, you know, if you want to go to just like a, a bar where they are just like, you know go boys, you can go and do that. If there are bars where there are people that identify as bears and things like that, you can go there as well. That's why I said I didn't spot the bear in Yosemite, but I spot plenty in San Francisco. So my (laughs) friend, he identifies with the bear culture. And we ended up going to this bear bar one night um, called 440 Castro. And he kinda of sprung this on me because I was fixing to look cutesy boots that night. Now I don't really identify with the bear with the, the bear tribe. Can you explain I, what the bear tribe is, Marco? I'm I'm not too clued up on that. It's basically just like guys that's like like really hairy. It's like hairy guys.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So sure.
0: now, I, I don't I'm not a really hairy person, so I, I don't really fit the category. But anyway. You're pretty well groomed. Well I try to be. And, but I'm not naturally. I'm not not really hairy anyway, and I'm, I'm also too tiny. I feel to kind of identify with the tribe to be a small ball of fuzz. Exactly.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Chris, your esteemed co-host and proud member of Team Contrast. Welcome to episode two, where Marco is busy setting the scene for some interesting conversation to follow. So. You may be wondering, what on earth am I listening to? How have Chris and Marco gone from nude photos and silliness in the Swiss Alps to a sincere discussion about Marco's experience as a gay man in San Francisco? Take my hand and walk a little with me. This is the Contrast podcast, where we chat shit about life and travel and everything in between. We are two mates who prefer to live life on the road. No, we ain't homeless. We just love the nomadic lifestyle. And over the last few years, we have journeyed to about 100 countries collectively. Yep, no exaggeration. Mark and I both got grounded in Cape Town, South Africa this year. Just like many of you got grounded elsewhere. And we figured it was the best time to kickstart something bold. An opportunity for you to live vicariously through us as we dive deep into the annals of our travel history. And man, do we have some entertaining travel tales and outrageous banter stored up for you. Disclaimer, this is not the Discovery Channel, nor the National Geographic Channel or even the Travel Channel. If you're wanting a travel guide, then you've come to the wrong place, my friend, even though we throw out great insights and hidden gems along the way. Finally, if you like what we're doing and want to see us continue, check us out on Patreon for exclusive content. We have different tiering options ranging from ad-free episodes, bonus episodes and saucy Patreon-only shit talk. It's not for the faint-hearted or those with sensitive ears, mind you. Back us on Patreon so we can continue creating just for you and even your friends. And while you're on your phone, you may as well follow us on social media. Check us out on Instagram at The Contrast Podcast and on Twitter at The Contrast Pod 2. That's at The Contrast Pod 2 for great visual content. Also, Browse our website at www.contrast.net.za to stay inspired and to sign up to our newsletter to keep your finger on the pulse.
0: Stay classy, Space Cadets. So we go there, and this is completely he's seen, and he was just kind of because we went out for dinner, and then we ended up going to, you know, this bar. But this this happened, this conversation happened over dinner. It's like, they're having cider specials at the um, at 440. Let's go to 440. And it was like, I think $2 for like a glass of cider. And I was like, I'm not gonna say no to $2 for a glass of cider. That's cheap. So we headed on over that way. But I was not dressed for the moment. So we ended up going and my friend was living his fantasy. It was amazing. He enjoyed himself there. And I was sitting at the bar nursing my $2 drink. And he's chatting to this person. I can't see the person at all. And I'm just, just I'm not talking to anyone because I've just enjoyed my drink. And he's chatting to this person next to me. And the person that's sitting with him, out of the corner of my, I'm like, oh, wow, this guy is... He's really cute. Like he's, he's cute, but I didn't think anything of it because I'm sitting here in ten-inch heels in a in a bear bar. I'm no, I, Nobody's going to pay attention to me because that's not anyone's vibe.
1: Why are you far too are you far too pretty for that kind of environment? The way that you were dressed, were you overdressed or no?
0: No, not at all. Not at all. I think I think. Okay. I think I was a little bit overdressed. Okay. I was a little bit overdressed, and. The, the bear culture is very, really like, you know, manly man. And okay. at that moment, I was not the manliest man. I was in 10-inch heels. <laughs> so, you know. And anyway, so I'm sitting there. I'm minding my own gay business. I'm not bothering anyone. I'm sipping on my little, my little juice. And this guy that I, out of the corner of my eye sniped, this guy turns around, and he's like, so what's your name? And I'm like, I'm not going to be rude. I mean, I'm going to be like, this is my name because this is my name. (laughs) And I'm like, so this is my name. And he's like, oh, hi, this is me. And I'm so-and-so. And And I'm like, okay, cool. That's nice. The next thing I notice, my friend disappears. I think he went somewhere to go have a smoke or something. (laughs) And this person is talking to me. And now I'm getting like a full frontal of this guy. Like I'm seeing his face and I'm like, Oh, he really is cute, and I'm talking to him because he's talking to me, and I'm being nice. And I'm looking at this person, and in that moment, I you know that moment, I, I, I'm sure this has happened to you anyway. Someone is talking to you, and in that moment, you realize, but this person is actually flirting with me. Yeah. So let me just let me just readjust myself so that I can, you know, so that I can. I can hit it back. So that you can be correctly poised. Of course. And in that moment, I realize where I'm sitting and how I'm dressed. And I'm like, oh crap. I'm sitting here. This cute guy is talking to me and I'm wearing heels. I don't really care what people think, but like, ugh, it's so not nice when you're talking to someone and then they notice you in heels, and then they're just like they kind of just disqualify you. They're just like, oh no, not my thing. And in that moment, really, I'm just like, oh. You know what? I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother to to flirt back with this guy because the minute he sees my shoes, it's gonna be, you know, it's going to be over. And I kind of, I'm, I'm pretty, looking back. I'm pretty ashamed of what I did. I sat there on this chair, and I kind of like, I tucked, I tucked my feet in such a way that you couldn't see my shoes. And like so kind of like hiding my feet. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to drag this out as long as I possibly can. And he noticed that I did this. And he looks down and he looks back up at me and he's like, were you hiding your shoes? And these shoes are, they're, they're rather big. They're really high. They're really high. And I thought to myself, you know what? Oh, screw it, whatever. you like, you're, you're really pretty. So in any case, like what business did I have? And I was like, whatever. I'm just like, yeah, I actually, I was. And I'm like, I mean, look where we are. Like, I don't kind of fit in here. And this guy looks at me. He looks me dead in the eye. And he goes in to say something that is, has made such a profound impact. I don't even think he realized what he did in that moment. He says, don't ever do that ever again, because that is what makes you beautiful. And I'm just like, wow. And I mean, this was like grade A meat. <laughs> it was export quality. It was the export quality. <laughs> body is looking, body is looking like wow. Face is like looking like wow. Hairline, jawline, teeth line, everything, all the lines were there. I was just like, dang. It's like the wagyu beef. I'm telling you, it was that. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to come down like that, then I'm just going to be like this, though. And I'm just like, and in that moment, I was just like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? That's so silly of me. And he kind of, now, by him saying that, he's starting to get, like, a little bit closer. And I'm just like, well, listen here, if you want to whisper into my ear, I'm going to whisper back into your ear because the volume in this club is, in any case, it's, in any case, something else. So obviously you know, like, you know how you do that thing where you like you whisper in someone else's ear, they whisper in your ears, you're just whispering in each other's ear, and the next thing you know, you're like whispering into each other's mouths. It just happens. It happens. We don't know how it happens, but it's 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 not something we complain about. It's not something we complain about. Next thing I know, I was like telling my friend, I was like, you know what's really? yes, something is going on here, so let me just take care of this situation. And I look back on that this day and i kind of realized that i disqualify myself and i know a lot of other people do this as well and if you tell me you've never done this then i'm going to call you a liar where you see someone and this person is just so gorgeous and in your mind you are already like that person is so out of my league and you don't even bother i'm sure you've done that
1: yeah, we all do it. I, as a single male, when, when I see a really, really beautiful woman sometimes, I immediately kind of shrink back. I just think to myself, wow, that's an intimidating level of beauty. So
0: it's something that happens subconsciously and it affects all of us, I think. Most of us, at least. No, after that, I was like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore to myself. And ever since then, I absolutely, I make a point of... I do my thing as is. Don't censor myself. I don't disqualify myself. I see someone that I like and I feel like they're out of my league. I couldn't be bothered. Could not be bothered. I'm like, okay, you're pretty, I'm pretty. Doesn't matter if you are looking ripped to high guard. I don't care. Me, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to shoot my shot. And I don't think that guy realized what he did in that moment. He was like, why would you do this? You're so unique. Why would you do this to yourself and hide, you know, your beauty? Because the minute he saw that, that for him was like, I asked him later on and he was like, you know, the minute I saw that, that for me was like, really like, was like, wow. Like, this is a really unique person. So ever since that time, I shoot my shot and I tell you, I could go to the NBA. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting them in. I'm just getting them in because they, I don't think that there's ever been a situation where I, you know, shot my shot and it didn't land. Because I think that there is that power within that confidence of being like, okay, so you look like that. And I don't really care that you look like that or that, you know, I'm not ripped or anything. And that moment just gave with that thing. was like, you know what? <sighs> I don't care. If I see someone that I like, I go up and I talk to them and i be like, so what's it on your side of the world? Who am I to choose on behalf of someone else? Who am I to decide if I'm not for someone or I am for someone? I can just give them the opportunity to get to know me as a person. And I think a lot of us don't do that. We disqualify ourselves on behalf of that other person. And it's just wrong towards ourselves. And it's quite presumptuous of us to think that of someone else as well. That we would think that someone is that shallow that they think about looks and things like that. Yeah. Because I know I might not have the body of an Adonis, but I've got a pretty funny personality. And you know, ugly fade, but funny is forever. So funny
1: is forever. That's true. Funny is forever. We're all on the road to ugly. We're all on the road to
0: ugly. That's very true. That's debatable. But, (laughs) you know, there's screams for that, you know, there's screams for that that you can take. (laughs) But I just, I'm not going to, I I don't disqualify myself on behalf of anyone else anymore. And I try to encourage people. I, I try to do this in my daily life where I hear people say, like, oh, no, like, I, I can't shoot my shot there because this person is so-and-so-and-so. And I'm like, you're a fool. Why are you doing that, though? Because you can see the quality and you're like, you know, not that I'm saying looks is everything, but now I'm just in the space where it comes to, you know, potential situationships. I don't really care who you are. I've been in a situationship with someone who we could potentially term as a, a well-known person. Yeah. Completely. We're not in the same social cir- circles at all. Because this person is like kind of famous musician. And I'm just like, I thought to myself, you're cute. I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to start to the DMs. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> it worked. I'm not claiming success yet, but, I mean, he knows yeah. I exist. I know he exists. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, a, you know, let's, let's see where this kind of goes. But I wasn't going to put... You must
1: say, it's, it's something that, I've, that I really do admire about you, Marco, is that you, you are who you are and you, you unapologetically present yourself to the world and i I really am impressed by by your confidence as a person and i don't believe that your confidence is is misplaced i think you understand your inherent value and your worth and you're not going to let other people dictate that to you and it's great that you have that level of self-belief you know and and it is indeed matched by the the internal qualities that you have um But I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know much about the history of the LGBTQ community movement and these sorts of things. It's just not something I know a lot about. But as you've been speaking, I've just been thinking about the character of Harvey Milk and how he, you know, in the latter stages of his life, he made some decisions to really just present to the world the kind of person that he was. Unapologetically. And and what's... Unapologetically, because from what I understand, for for the first forty years of his life, he didn't disclose publicly that he was that he was a gay man. Obviously, you know, in the fifties and sixties, there was immense social pressure and stigma, and so it's it's very different. It's very. Different. It was a whole different vibe. It's just you know a guy like that. How he only for the last eight years of his life, from when he was forty two when he was assassinated at age forty eight, I think. Yeah. He publicly displayed you know, in full force, the person that he was, and the impact that's had on the world, and especially the LGBTQ community has has been immense. I mean, he had so much drive. He unsuccessfully ran three times for political office, I think, until 1977, when he was finally elected. And it's just that sort of drive and determination to represent who you are to the world and to fight for those that don't
0: necessarily have a voice is, it's golden. I think for me, what from Harvey, that I kind of like to apply to my life. He lived his life in such a way to give other people, you know, it's okay to be who you are. And if I need to sacrifice myself for the greater good, then I will. There's this quote by him that says, I don't know if it was a speech or an interview, and he said, if a bullet should enter my brain, let that bullet shatter every single closet door out there. And that speaks volumes to me. Wow. And that's something that I try to bring to the world is, you know how I dress, you know, my sense of style. Yeah. And one thing that I don't think I've told you is I really do appreciate the fact that you never ever, not that it matters or not, but you never ever judge me for the way that I dress or will go out to a nightclub and you'll be really straight and there'll be me and I've got like makeup on and I've got heels on and to (laughs) you it's just like it's a nothing
1: yeah it is nothing yeah
0: that for me I really appreciate that you give me that space of saying like yeah you know that's my friend I don't care what he wears he's looking good tonight so I don't care about that and I think when people like You know, look at us, it it makes like a really odd picture. But I think what really is, it's cool, is that by me being who I am and people seeing me in like a normal setting, like when I'm with you and whoever is with us, no one ever takes note of the way that I dress. And I feel like that, I hope that that translates, translates to people. Like, you know, if I can rock it, you can do it. If I can walk out in public yeah. the way that I do, you can do it too. Yeah. You can be your authentic self and rest the way you like and be accepted by the people that love you. Yeah, Because it might not be, you know, the world at large, getting the world at large's acceptance is one thing. And I don't really care about getting the world at large's acceptance. But what, what I truly love about the people around me like you and my family and friends and other friends and whatever, is everyone accepts me just the way that I am. And, you know, other people will look at the way that I dress and they'll be like, wow, he's really out there, you know, walking here in six-inch stilettos, rocking it, I might like to add, because I do have the legs for it. But, you know, you just treat me like everyone else. I don't want to be treated special. I just want to be treated like you treated anyone else and i appreciate that
1: can i tell you a story i'm listening i'm listening that i've never told you before i don't think i've commented on this particular event that happened with you and i oh god Hmm. (laughs) okay so you and i met around august
0: 2014. don't give our age away now (laughs) Please, man, you've still got that youthful glow about you. Thank you. Thank you. Um,
1: (laughs) Remember when we travel, as far as anybody else is concerned, we are students. (laughs) 19. (laughs) But you and I met in August 2014 because I was looking to travel solo for the first time, and I'd stopped into this particular flight and travel center, and your desk was the only desk that was open, so naturally I went there, and we began this professional relationship where you were helping me immensely make decisions regarding travel itinerary and commuting. And you were an absolute legend when it came to booking flights. And you just went over and beyond, you went above and beyond rather, what was required of you as a professional. And it had such an impact on me. And to the extent that I knew the quality of service I was gonna get from you was gonna be so good that I would, when I needed to check in on the status of flights or whatever it was, aspects of my trip, months leading up to my departure in June 2015, I would go in without having previously contacted you and if you weren't there, it didn't matter how many counters were open and other assistants that were willing to help me, I would not sit down with any one of them. I would only go in and talk to you. And there was numerous times when I turned away because I only wanted to deal with you directly. And you had such an impact on my life. And I like to walk around, so I was never in the office. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Maybe you were just often in the bank (laughs) sipping tea or champagne, I'm not sure. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) You could never know. We could never know. But where I'm going with this is that once once I returned in July 2015 from this month-long European adventure that dramatically shifted the direction of my life, I felt like I was indebted to you. Because you were such a big help, and you know, you were just such a, a safeguard, you know, with, with this novel travel experience of mine, that I contacted you when I returned in July, twenty fifteen, and we decided to go for drinks. So I wanted to take you out for a drink and thank you for being such a help. Do you remember that? Can't remember. I don't think at the time I was aware that you were gay. I think I just thought that you were slightly.
0: How did you miss you know, it? How did you miss it? I don't, I it? don't know. <laughs> I do.
1: I <laughs> don't no. wow. I don't have a developed gaydar, I suppose. I don't know, man. Um, wow. I know. And, or maybe, maybe just because you were so professional in you dealings dealing with me, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. It's... But anyways, I just thought you were a very nice
0: guy. <laughs> if I open my mouth, a pink purse falls out of it. <laughs> but, but anyways, so, so when
1: I wanted to thank you, we met up in town. I think it was on like a Thursday night. And was this a secret gin bar? No, 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 no. You and I went to to this um, place on Park Road, Rick's American or something like Power that. Power in the Glory. No, Rick's Cafe Americane or something like that. It was a red brick Rick's building.
0: Cafe. I've never been. No, you have. No, man. I think it was. You have. Trust me. I think trust it was Power in the Glory. No, no. Trust me. Trust me. And Anyway. And so
1: <laughs> when I was waiting outside close to that cactus or whatever it was. And as I saw you approaching me, I was completely shocked because you were wearing tight black clothing, like with like, with like a draping jacket or something, wearing high heels. And I thought to myself, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was so taken back by that because at that stage I didn't have any gay friends I was 21 years old and I didn't have any gay friends. I came from a pretty conservative all-boys private school. And um, and I was just so shocked. And immediately I started, how bad was this? Immediately I started looking around nervously. I'm not sure if you noticed at the time. It was at night. But I I became so self-conscious and so self-aware because you know i was i was in public with someone that was just dressed in this way and perhaps people would have thought that i was gay or something like that and i was stressing about it even we sat down at the restaurant for maybe the first 30 or 45 minutes of our of our drinks together and then i had this incredible moment when i almost stepped back and viewed myself and the situation And the fact that you and I were having drinks together and we were celebrating you as a person and the adventure that i had had. And I realized that the only thing that was making me uncomfortable was my own prejudices. And in that moment, I had such clarity where I confronted that aspect. I thought to myself, who actually gives a fuck? I'm sitting here with an incredible person who's been so helpful to me I don't have much exposure to the gay community, but this guy's amazing, his orientation doesn't matter, what people think of, of, of me or of him doesn't matter. And this is the start of a new friendship. And it was a moment of such clarity, and since then, you and I have become incredibly close friends. And I, in many respects, view my relationship with you as one of the most defining relationships in my life. because you've helped me understand that at the end of the day we're all just people and your orientation isn't necessarily the most important thing about you it's a tiny part of your who you are it's a tiny part yeah so man i'm i'm very grateful for you That or to you that you've had these empowering moments as an individual especially when you were in san francisco (laughs) and and I'm so glad that you that you are the person that you are because you've had such an impact on me.
0: So I just want to put that out there. But you see, I couldn't be that person if little things like that did not happen to me. Yeah. And if that never happened to me, that realization might have never dawned on you. Yeah. So it's funny to see how something that is seems so isolated, like happening in like a random bar, Yeah. was so isolated at a ripple effect yeah down the road somewhere but it's it's nice to have that level of acceptance and on the end of the day you know people make such a big deal out of you know someone's orientation it's important don't get me wrong it's mm. important you need to be sensitive because you might offend someone or something like that but within saying that yes that yes i might identify as a gay man but there's so many other things You know, that fleshes in who I am as a person. Like, for example, people don't know this, but I come from a really outdoorsy family, and my grandpa and my uncle, they are all my life dragging me out camping and all of those things, and I enjoy that, which is not something that you would think I would enjoy. It's not something that you look at me and you be like, oh, that guy, he likes to camp. It's not something you would think about at all. Or, for example, that a game... It's something that, you know, I dedicate a lot of time to that. It's really just a small part of who I am. And I'm glad that it is you realize that because it's not all of who I am. Yeah. It's just a tiny bit of who I am. Yeah. And if I must say so, it's a part of me that I celebrate because a lot of my funny comes from that because, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, then life is just going to be bored. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be, just going to be. But I will say this though, I did not notice that you that didn't. night. Okay. I did I not notice that well. that night. I might have been pre gamed. And I don't know if you know this, but you've got a very honest face. Your emotions show very really easily it's a problem. on your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, People it, can it's, pick up disgust very quickly in my experience. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. But. I've got an honest face as well. Like my face shows my emotions very easily. But that night, I can't even remember that night. I can't even remember going to Rick's Cafe yeah. with you. Did we just go to Rick's Cafe that night or did we go somewhere else? That, I, can't, I can't recall if we went anywhere else, but that was significant
1: for me because that's when I had that realization. So that detail, I know. Hmm.
0: Because I don't feel like I've ever been with you at Rick's Cafe. We might have been... Cactus, we went we went upstairs and we sat in like that kind of like attic section with the lounges wait is that Rick's cafe so then what's next to mm, yes mm. now i remember this night now i do remember this night yeah i do remember what i was wearing as well i do that was actually very conservative i was dressed very conservatively if i even if i might say so myself well it was it was entirely novel to me <laughs> But now, now you are so worn through it like, and you don't even notice it anymore. Now it's just like, oh, whatever. Su- it's his feet. He's uncomfortable. That's his problem. You certainly knew how to make an entrance. <laughs> and we love you for it. <laughs> you know, it's my thing. It's my thing. You, 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 you need to announce yourself when you walk into a space. I do this without even intending to do it. You I know, just walk in and people are like looking and I'm like, Oh, what what are you going to do? But yeah, it was all traced back down to that little happening in San Francisco. And it just also makes me realize that how something small can have such a huge ripple effect. And how something that happened so far away affects it. I'm glad that that is something that changed your view. And I must say, you've you've come a long way. You really have come a long way. I mean, you've gone with me to clubs and pubs and all of those things, and you never bat an eye, and you're always very gracious. And when my feet are getting sore, I can always lean on you because I don't take my shoes off. (laughs) So then I use you as a post. (laughs) (laughs) I've done it many times. I don't even think you realize that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I've done it many times with you. I just assumed it's because you drank drunk too many ciders. No, I do, I do that because like, my feet's hurting. And then I'm just like, you know, where the hell is Chris? Let me just go and lean on my <laughs> head for a second. Well, now that I know the truth, now I'm not going to let you get away with it, man. I <laughs> know uh-uh, you're going to allow this. You're going to allow this. <laughs> yeah. Look, Marco, I
1: think having these moments in our lives where we realize how intrinsically valuable and how much worth that we have These moments are profound and that they come left field. You can't orchestrate moments like that. It's just about being open and putting yourself out there in the world. Yeah, you can't. It's also just crazy how small things that we say can affect people around us. I mean, this complete handsome stranger in 44 Castro in San Francisco, he said something to you in a moment when you felt particularly vulnerable and perhaps slightly embarrassed that just gave you... An immense sense of self-worth and appreciation, yeah, you know, or or realization of your self-worth rather, and it's. I think it's imperative that we, what we are to the world, are those people that that give positive affirmation as well when it's due. Yeah, for sure. So I'm very grateful for who you are as a person. I've learned a lot from you. My fashion has definitely become a lot more risque (laughs) as a result. (laughs) Um, Thank you for that. Yes. And we still haven't been to a Pride together, but you have to be my tour guide for for my
0: first Pride. I'm going to do that. That is, I promise you, we're going to do that. And the pictures are going to be amazing. The pictures are going to be amazing. Because Pride for me, I always go all out for Pride. So, for sure. I'll give you limited influence over my wardrobe for the day. No, that day we're going to have to cover you in a black bag. Nobody's going to have to see you that day. (laughs) We're going to have to cover you. We're going to have to cover you that day we're going to have to you know only your eyes must show that's it only your eyes i feel like you're not actually my tour guide you're my security no 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 you've got that very mistaken (laughs) i'll act as a tour guide you will have to be security for me (laughs) that's how this works deal
1: well that's a wrap for today everybody if you enjoyed our conversation please leave us a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform and drop us a spicy comment also we got you covered with saucy social media content so check us out on instagram at the contrast podcast and on twitter at the contrast pod 2 that's at the contrast pod 2 for all of you little tweeters out there so get involved everybody and spread the word about us the contrast podcast to your friends family and colleagues share the love you space cadets and remember don't be good when you can be great